I am great with names, terrible with faces. But I know I've seen this one before. He's alone, at the end of a row of seats, and nose deep in his phone. I've lived in L.A. long enough to read his posture as respect my bubble, rather than absorbed in reading. But I've also worked in journalism long enough to know this is a man doing his best to try to blend in. It isn't working. Even his haircut, precise and combed neatly off his face, looks expensive. And I know I know him from somewhere. Jawline that could cut steel, cheekbones carved like stone, and a mouth in a perfect candy pout. His face is like an itch in my brain, a teasing tickle. I hear my mom's voice, encouraging me to make the polite choice to get up and say hello. But it's the airport and I'm tired, having spent the last 13 days in London, hounding strangers for information they don't want to give and knowing no one except for one chain-smoking UK colleague with the alcohol tolerance of a rhino and whose bat-out-of-hell London driving had me praying to a god I don't believe in several times a day. I've been on a plane for eight hours and sitting at this gate for another four, waiting out a storm, waiting on the connecting flight to L.A. that has been delayed and then delayed again and again. To be fair, this man's face doesn't feel like one I've seen in the past two weeks. The feeling I get goes deeper than the hit of chase-the-story-related adrenaline that dumps into my bloodstream. This adrenaline corkscrews into my bones. The glimpse I got of his full face, when he looked up, when he squinted at the monitors, and then seemed to let out a tiny grunt of frustration, was like a song that I haven't heard in forever. Something about his posture makes my heart ache with nostalgic pain. Paradoxically, he's both upright and slumped, so refined in his tailored navy pants, polished brown shoes, and white button-down shirt still crisp after our long flight from London to Seattle. He's gorgeous. I pull my scarf up over my mouth, burying my face in it, but it smells like stale airplane and I tug it down again. The urge to scream in petulant exhaustion pulses through me. I want to teleport myself home to my bed. I want to skip all the self-care things and just crawl in unshowered in my clothes. I don't even care how disgusting I am. After a 14-hour day of tracking down an elusive nightclub bouncer who didn't want to be found, then eight sleepless hours on a flight, I am reduced to my most feral self. I look around and see a few people stretched out across four chairs, sleeping while others have to find space on the floor. My skin is shouting at me to lie down somewhere, anywhere, and yet I don't, knowing that even if we board and depart in the next five minutes, by the time I grab a cab and make the long trek home, it'll be well past midnight, and I'll need to get working as soon as I can. I've been given the chance of a lifetime with this story, and of this minute, I only have two days to finish writing it. Near the gate, the airline employees have carefully avoided stepping behind the podium. If they so much as hover nearby, an irritated line forms. Instead, they shift around in the background, 
staring gloomily at each other every time the jetway phone rings with an update on the torrential storm outside. Finally, one bravely steps toward the intercom. And from the sag in her shoulders and the way she stares down at the monitor, as if she needs to read from it, I know. I'm sorry to announce that United Flight 2477 has been canceled. You have each been rebooked onto a flight departing tomorrow. Tickets will be reissued to the email address linked to your reservation. Please contact our customer service line or go to the customer service office in baggage claim with any questions. We will not be able to rebook you here. We're sorry for any inconvenience. On instinct, I look up to watch his reaction to the news. He's already lifting his phone to his ear, nodding. Our eyes meet briefly as his gaze passes unseeing across the room. But his attention freezes, eyes quickly drawing back to mine, focusing with the same unknowing recognition. It's only a beat, but in that time, heat spreads through me wild and unchecked. And then he blinks away, frowning. And now I wonder how he knows me too.